So, tefillas uh, kalim, tefillin kalim, is something that uh, all of us encounter all the time. Um, and we tend to think that we take the whole lot to, to tevil and everything needs tefillah and you make a bracha on everything. And as we'll discover, there's a lot of uh, considerations that we have to think about before we go, go ahead and tevil. And of course, um, go make a bracha because of course you don't want to make a bracha um, levatola. So what we're going to try to do it, um, today is address three issues that a person has to think about before you go and tevil. Number one is, what is the keli made out of? What material is the keli made out of? Number two is, what is the keli being used for? And number three is, how should you actually do the process of tevilling? Um, it's not as simple as we might think. There's certain ways it has to be done in order that there's no chatzitza and the water reaches all the places that it needs to reach. Okay, so as um, Shraga mentioned, the halachas of tefillas kalim are learned from the war with, that the Yidin had with Midian. Now, since the Gemara uses a pasuk to learn out this halacha, um, the understanding is that it's a, a, it's a din raisa, that uh, midday raisa one has to tovel kalim. One noteworthy exception, uh, one pasuk who, who says different to this is the Rambam. The Rambam understands that this is an asmachta, um, that the fact that the Gemara uses a pasuk to learn out this law is just an asmachta, just based on a pasuk, but it's not actually midday raisa. But the, the way that we usually paskin is not like the Rambam, and we look at tefillas kalim as day raisa, that midday raisa one has to one has to table Caleb. Now, since we learn it out from Midian, we learn a couple of details from the scenario in Midian to how uh, Caleb need to look um, you know, down the line when they have to be towed. Number one is, just like in Midian, was discussing a case where you had Caleb, which were used for actual food purposes, and therefore they need to be kashered and then tabled. So we understand that only clay su'uda, only Caleb, which are used for actual food preparation or food production, need tabling. Otherwise, they don't need to be told. And we're going to get into the details of that later. Another thing that we learned from, um, from Midian is the way that Hashem, or the, the Tzivay came, how to deal with these kalim, that only certain materials, which are described in the Pasuk, need to be used and need to be told. And that is specifically metal. So the Torah mentions six types of metal that need to be kashed and tabled. And uh, so the Chiyav of, of Tzivay's kalim is exclusively on metal kalim. Now the Gemara goes ahead and says that just like metal is is able to be melted down and reproduced into a different type of keli through fire, so to glass kalim, which can also be broken apart apparently and made into something new, also glass kalim need to be tabled as well. But the post can understand that the Gemara is only saying this midirabono. So midiraisa, the only material kalim that you need to be tabling are metal kalim. Glass kalim are midirabono. And, of course, that has a lot of nafkaminas down the line um, in, in matters of Suffolk, etc., if something is only midirabon. Um, so, that's number one. What's the material being made out of? Metal. Midirabon, um, glass as well. So, in those two cases, you're going to make a bra. Now, let's think about a case. Again. So, so no, cleates not. So, let's, let's just think about some practical cases here. Cleates, a, a wooden salad, salad bowl. Doesn't need to be toveled. A wooden rolling pin doesn't need to be toveled. Um, earthenware stuff doesn't need to be toveled. So a lot of things you don't need to be, you don't need to be toveling. But let's not take this too far because um, glass is something that needs to be toveled. So many, let's say, earthenware kalim have a glaze finish. Exactly. So the glaze finish in al Hanami, the keli itself is made from a material that doesn't need toveling, but the glaze finish is glass. Glass does need toveling. 
So the question is, does a coding make, require, uh, make the keli require toveling or not? And if it does, does it need a bracha? So there's a big machlaikas and various opinions, but lamaskana, the way we do it like, is like this. If a keli is coated on both sides with metal, not a question in any toveling with a bracha. If a keli is coated on the inside with metal, the Ramah says you don't do a bracha with it. The Shulchan Aruch says you do. So Sfaradim would, Ramah says you don't. So to keep it simple for us Ashkenazim, anytime a keli is only coated either on the outside or the inside with metal, you're not going to be tabling with a bracha. You are going to be tabling, but you're not going to be tabling with a bracha. Anytime a keli is coated with glass, which is much more common because of all these glaze finishes, so you're always going to be tabling without a bracha. No question. And that comes back to that, what we said before, since it's been there, Abanon, and there's a machlekes of kalim which are only coated knee tovling at all. So these two factors come together to say that a kalim which is only toveled with a glaze never needs a toveling with a bracha, and only if it's toveled on both the inside and the outside do you need toveling at all. If it's only uh, coated on the outside, but not the inside, you don't need toveling at all, even if it's glazed with a glass finish. So let's just sum that up because there are a lot of details there. A keli which is coated with metal on the inside and the outside needs tovling with a bracha. A keli which is coated only on the inside or the outside with metal is tovling without a bracha. Any time a keli is coated with glass, with a glaze, you're never going to make a bracha, but you will make, uh, you will, you will tovel them. That's the, the synopsis of coating. Now let's get on to a very uh, a common question, and perhaps a misconception, is about plastic, rubber, silicone. So people hear different things. What's the halacha? So when it comes to a matter like um, rubber and these type of things, technically, they do fall into the same category as glass, which, true, it's not mentioned in the pasuk, but it could be melted down and made into a new keli, and therefore, it's similar to metal. So the question is, should we apply, the way the Gemara applied it to glass, to rubber and some of these newer materials, which obviously weren't around, bizman hashas? And the... The, the maskana, that the, the way the poskim understand it is, is that it's almost like it's go, almost going a little too far. The Gemara makes a makes a comparison from metal to glass. To take that further into materials that weren't around bizman ashas is taking it too far because we find this concept a lot. Ramosha mentioned this in, in, in various uh, instances. I think that uh, quinoa on on uh, on Pesach is a similar thing where we don't say that something which wasn't around when the Takana was made can now be applied now. In this case, the Hahamu Masakin, the glass kalim need totally. So they, they applied it specifically to this. So to say now that that's going to apply to something else, to apply that Takana which was made 2,000 years ago to something new that came around today, we don't do that. We don't extend Takanas further. And therefore, the accepted uh, uh, psak when it comes to rubber and silicon and all these things is that we don't tovel them. You don't need to tovel them. Of course, if you want to, go right ahead and definitely don't make a bracha. But uh, the pais can do not require toveling for plastic. Yeah. Well, well, corn is also not a, a grain. Well, I mean, it's a kidneyist discussion, so it's like a kind of separate thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so scratch that. Uh, but it's just it's, it's it's an idea where basically we don't extend takanas further to something which wasn't around at the time of the takana. That's basically that idea. Okay, so this is kind of a wrap-up of the material of the kalim and to keep that in mind when it comes to, 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 uh, to tovelim. Now, the next thing that we mentioned was, what is the keli being used for? So as we said, only clay su'uda need to be tovelim. The question is, what's a clay su'uda? What categorizes a clay su'uda? It's something which is being used for a su'uda. Does it mean literally what you eat off? Does it mean 
what you prepare food on, how do we categorize this? If, if, I mean, moving on to the next thing, I would prefer for that, but um, regarding pastures, Moshe writes that uh, plastics, we were macramers like to be terrorists. Is that correct? Is that different than here? You're saying kashering kalim? Kashering kalim. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we kasher plastic. So what do you do? You throw it out? Yeah. Oh, wait, they're saying is there a difference over here between that? No, so, so the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, like, uh, like Shrago was saying, it's exerus like Kasha Brady, the whole idea of Tula, so. No, because it's a matter of Matthias, right? If we're saying that a plastic Kaylee absorbs taste and it doesn't come out through Kasha, it's a matter of Matthias. It's not a matter of a Takana. It's, it's, there's, there's also taste inside this Kaylee. So. Right. This is a good Again, why do we table? So Shraga brought what, what the Rebbe says. The Rebbe says that when something goes from the Rishus of a Goy to a Yid, so the fact is a Yechelis, the fact is even a possibility of it becoming Tommy because it's in the Rishus of the Goy doesn't keep kosher, means that already the Yechelis of that has a certain amount of Tumah on it. So when it comes to the Rishus of the Yid, you need to get rid of that Yechelis for Tumah. So you table it. No, so it's not real kash. It's not like there's actual Isser there. It's the Yechelis for Isser, which has a degree of Tumah, which we want to get rid of. Correct. Correct. If you can, he makes it to it, yeah. One second. At all? Okay, so let's, let's get into it soon, because that's going to depend on who owns the Kaylee and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the evidence fine. If you travel first, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. But the evidence fine. Yeah. Okay. So let's just uh, let's keep moving. So we're talking about what the Kaylee is being used for, right? So what the Kaylee is being used for. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to categorize what is a clay udder and what is not. So the, it, obviously the Rishonim discusses at length, but it comes to a head in the Ramah. The Ramah says two conflicting things, and the way we resolve that Ramah is going to depend on how we pass in Lepoil. The Ramah said a sakin shel shechita, a knife that's used for shechita, obviously not ready food because it's, it's the animal, um, does need toveling without a bracha. Then the Ramah continues and says that a mixing bowl, which is used for matzahs, of course dough, which is also not ready to eat, does not need tefillah. Clear theorem. Both talking about things which are not ready to eat, and yet the Ramah first says it does need tefillah without a bracha, and then he says it doesn't need tefillah at all. How do we resolve this? So the shach is the accepted resolution to this problem. Shach says like this, any keli that potentially could be used for ready-made food, that needs tovling even if it's not actually going to be used for ready-made food. So the second shel shechita, it's a knife which is specially made for shechting, you're never going to use it in your kitchen, but since it has the yechelas to be used for ready-made food, we table it anyway, without a brach. If it's something like this specialized matzah mixing bowl, which you're never going to use to make salad, then you don't need a table at all. So, so, no, no, so, so the exact matzias of what the matzah thing was, let's not get lost on that. The point is, it's a t- yeah, don't get lost on that. The point is, is that it's a type of keli, it's a type of keli that you're never going to use for ready-made food. So how are we going to apply that little pile? So rolling pins, for example, rolling pins are never used for 
ready to eat food. It's always used for dough. So you don't need a kasha rolling pin, even if it's metal, because it's never going to be used for that. Mashenkin, a knife, or mashenkin, um, think of any type of a peeler, for example. A peeler can be used for raw vegetables or can be used for an apple, right? So that wouldn't need uh, toveling with a bracha, without, without a bracha, since it's being used for um, things that um, potentially could be used for, for, for ready to use, ready to eat um, stuff. So that's how you want to think about it when you're, when you're looking at a keli. You're saying, is this something that I'm actually going to be using for, for ready-to-eat food? If the answer is yes and it's metal, you're going to table with a bracha. Even, sorry, even if it's glass, you're going to table with a bracha. But if it's a keli that I'm not going to use for ready-made food, but t- potentially I could use it for ready-made food, then I'm going to table it without a bracha. Is it table of clean? No. Why not? Because it's just... It's, it's, not, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a keli. It's a set where it is. I don't know, not necessarily, not necessarily. What's the other resolution that So the Taz, the Taz says that, I don't know if you're going to like the Taz either, but <laughs> the Taz says that the fact that the Ramah says that the, um, the, the Matzah thing does not need Tefillah, the, the Ramah was only quoting the Isra Hetter. So like, for some reason, the Ramah had to like stick this in, even though he didn't really hold it, because he was quoting, quoting the Isra Hetter. I don't think you're going to like that either. Um, and that's also much, that's much more broad. That basically means anything. He's quoting the Issa Beheter. Issa Beheter is a safer. So the Ramah, since he was quoting the general din, and the Issa Beheter says a din about this, so he, he put in the, es- the rest of the quote from the Issa Beheter. But really, he doesn't hold it. It's a little bit... Uh, it's possible, yeah. it's possible that Ramah, the shikta Right. Right, but just remember, if you're actually using that knife for food, you're going to table it with a bracha, right? If you buy your shkita knife and you say, I'm going to use this for my cutting salad, I'm going to table it with a bracha. It's only if you have a keli, which I'm not intending to use for ready-made food. I'm intending to use it for shkita. It just has the yechelis to be used for ready-made food, then I'm going to table it without a bracha. So these are the considerations you kind of need to think about how the, how the keli is going to be used, at least when you're tabling it, you need, you need to think about these things. Okay. Now, an interesting, an interesting uh, thing to think about is, um, if you go to a restaurant or bar or anything like that, um, you, potentially run in, you potentially run into an issue of that you're drinking from kalim which don't have, tefillah wasn't done to them. So, how do we, how do we resolve that? So the answer is that whenever a person borrows a keli from a guy, as long as it doesn't leave the rishis of the guy, even if you're just in partnership with a guy, as long as the guy still has some ownership of it, you don't need to table it. So, no, so I heard about that. I don't think Moshe, I don't think Moshe was talking about water. I think he was talking about uh, mashka. mashka. So that's, that's a cashless issue. But the point basically is, anytime you're just borrowing from a guy, it's not leaving the rishis to the guy, you don't need a table. Now, what about it? This is a very practical thing. What if you go to a non-from person's house and he offers you a drink, a drink of water in his glass cup, He's a yid, he's chayv in tefillah, it's a kli su'udah, you shouldn't be able to drink from his cup. So what do we do? So, just to explain what the problem is, is that it's not your keli, right? But still, a person who borrows a keli from a yid needs to do tefillah on that keli if, the, if tefillah wasn't done already. So technically here, you're borrowing this keli from him, he's giving you a drink with his keli, you would need a tevillet, and if you don't, it's also to drink from it. Okay, fine. But we don't really pass like the Rambam. So there's different approaches 
but one which I think makes, makes lots of sense is that um, there's a difference between borrowing and being an oireach at somebody, right? If you borrow something from somebody, you have actual responsibility for this keli, right? If I, if I break it, I'll have to pay for it. If I go to somebody's house and I break his keli, unless he's a real, uh, unless he's a real idiot, he's not going to send me the bill after Shabbos, you know? I'm a guest by his house. I didn't take responsibility for the keli. So it's not considered like I borrowed it. I'm, it's in his rishus. I happen to be using something that's in his rishus. never came mine. Meaning, if it became mine, then I have responsibility to deal with it the way I should deal with it, which is totally. It's not mine. I'm not, it's not, if I go and tovel, it's not, it's not mine. It's not, I don't have a chiyuv to go and tovel something that's not mine. I don't have a chiyuv to go tovel your kalim. Only if it becomes mine. I borrowed it from you, it became mine. I take ownership of it. And I have responsibility for it. Well, then I have to uh, do whatever I need to do. Well, I mean, going back to your your gavra your gavra chetz thing, I would say titus is a matter of 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 gavra in a certain way. You know, like a person who wears a, a begin, it's, it's it's not about it's mine. It's not mine. You think? Well, if I own if I own a four if I own a four cornered garment. What? If I if I own a four corner. If I have a four corner garment in my closet, do I have to put citizen in it? So there you go. So it's only, so maybe it's in the garbage. So what? So, so meaning it's a chiyav on the gaver that when you wear a garment that's four cornered, you yeah. need to have tzitzis on it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who owns it. It's just a matter of if I'm wearing that garment, I need to have put tzitzis on it. Okay, now back to so back to this. So a keli, it's it, it's a matter of we, well, you see, ownership is a huge thing here, right? If it belongs to the guy and I just borrow from the guy, I don't have to I don't have to table it, right? Ownership is a huge part of this. So same thing here. If I don't own it. It's not machil because I don't own it. It's not it's not posh, right? you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. If you Yeah, but you would have to go to table. Exactly. He, he's basically saying if you if you get an Airbnb from a non from Jew, you wouldn't be able to use any of the Kalim. Yeah. At that point in time, you're saying that then, if you borrow something, if you own a cup which hasn't been tovel or a metal case, and you don't plan on using it necessarily, does it need to be tovel? No. Only if you use it. If you use it. If you use it, it needs to be tovel. It has to do with the usage of the object, not with the ownership of the object at all. The ownership of the object, I have a, I have a metal case, it could totally be used, but I'm not using it, so therefore it'll be tovel. So when you, it's on the usage. So if you're suddenly moving down to usage, use then why can't you... Okay, I feel like I'm arguing about something I don't know about, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I know the answer. But it's a good, good question. I tried that, but it seemed to some holes came up. So uh, okay, so so that's that's that. So so basically, the answer is if you find yourself in a situation where you're in a yid's house and he's offering you a drink, you should really try to get a plastic cup, a disposable cup, and that way you're good. 
if you if you can't, then you can rely on this heter to to drink from that kale. Um, now, restaurants have an interesting kind of question because when restaurants buy kale, they're not buying a clay soda; they're buying a clay chayra, right? And they then go and hand that over to you as the person who's eating in the restaurant. Is that kale yours? Are you a shell of that kale? Maybe yes, maybe not. So, like these are interesting questions that come up in this in the sugya whether the restaurant has a chiyuv to table it or technically not, because for them it's not a klis oda, it's a klis chayr. They're doing business with this. You technically are eating off a keli, but it's not really yours. Is it considered like your klis oda? These are some of the interesting questions that that so come up. So yeah, I, I, I would think. Like I don't understand. I mean, maybe. Maybe you have some idea. Was, they're saying that when when um, your brother came to town, gave a shear about um, drinking from uh, uh, like a non-kosher glass cup, but like cold stuff. So he said, you, you can't. It's an issue of kashas. So I was thinking that it would only be maybe like mashka or something like that, but water, like for sure not. But No, cold, cold stuff. So... That's what that's that's it. In a lot of ways here. I was happy, but you know, I took a hard one. What's the problem? No, it's the problem's not to feel up. No, it's the problem's not to feel up. His main issue, which I understood, was that it gets washed with the dishes that are taken. So, yeah, but even though, even so, how's it coming out of the cave? I know. Okay, let's just let's just uh, let's finish up. So, the next question we have to deal with is. That's that's a fact. If you buy from a yid and it's made by a yid, you don't have to. No, you assume it's not. If you're in America, you can assume it's not. Okay, guys, let's let's uh, let's let's finish up. Let's let's talk about it after. So, one, the final thing that we have to talk about is is how you actually tovel. How should you actually tovel? So, of course, since um, the pasuk says main nida, so it's water that a nida tovels in means a proper mikvah. So, water uh, so the uh, keli needs to be toveled in a in a, in a proper mikvah. Uh, that's number one. Now, how do you actually tovel it? So the Mechaber says you should just put it in the water and hold it loosely. And that way the water will reach everywhere. But the Shach says is that in such a situation, there's clearly a room for Xerah that a person will hold it too tight. And uh, he's going to block the water from reaching everywhere. So it's not a good idea just to say, I'll hold it loosely because maybe you'll hold it too tight. So the Ramah says that what you should do is like this. It's a little complicated, but what you should do is like this. Put your hand into the mikvah, then take your other hand and put the keli into your hand, which is already in the mikvah. That way, your hand, which is wet with mikvah water, is touching the keli. But it's not a chatzitza because that part of the keli is covered with the mikvah anyway, water anyway, because your hand is, is holding it. So that is the best way to do it. 
Now, a myth, which I think has to be dispelled, is people think, you know, like, just like you go to mikvah, you do like shy tefillahs, so you have to do, do shy tefillahs with your, uh, with your keli. You do once. That's all you have to do. Once. There's no mocker at all for doing it. Three times, five times, one time. That's all you have to do. The bracha lasts on all the kalim. Correct. Exactly. Make one bracha for all the kalim. And if you have kalim which don't require a bracha, you should bring it with kalim that do require a bracha, and that's where you make a bracha, and it's able to cover, um, cover that as well. Now... So, no, because this is, so this is a discussion, the Taz, the Taz says that you could do that, but there's an issue because when you put your hand into a mikvah and you take it out, it becomes my intuition. So, Ramos specifically says may mikvah. <laughs> well, they're not warm if you go to this yeah, mikvah. I know, I'm saying, you're in the Okay, is, uh, are, we, are we done or should we keep going? Okay, so one, another discussion is electric, electric kalim, right? So we have this all the time that we have electric uh, sandwich makers, curing machines, um, which we don't want to table because we would like to keep on using them. Um, so what do we do? So some of these kalim don't actually break if you put them in water, right? So something without a computer could, could go, you let it, let it dry out for two days, and it will be fine. So that's, that's just the best idea if you could. If you, if you know that this won't, won't break, doesn't have a computer or anything, then total it. Oh, so that was, that was the next thing I was going to say. So the... What? Right, but so so the other the other factor yeah so the other factor of how to allow electric kalim is what the Ramah says at the end of the simon of Kufchaf. He says that you should give it to a guy as a present and then borrow back from him. So find some unassuming guy and uh, tell him that you're giving him a present and then say you're borrowing it back from him for all eternity. And uh, that's the way to do it. So it's not yours, and if it's not yours, it doesn't need it doesn't need to be. And and practically, no. Oh, one second. So. So that's, that's one way to just give it to a guy and then borrow it back from him. Another way is, is what Yossi was saying, is that when it's plugged into the wall, so it's no longer a keli, it becomes mechubra And something which is mechubra is not a keli, and therefore it doesn't need thing. And I actually heard that uh, uh, like a prominent Lubavitcher or Paiskim follow that. So, so I'm not telling you if you can or can't use it, that's just what I heard. Um, and a final, a final thing, which I heard, I heard that in... What? <laughs> 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 the flying karka. Um, so the, another option that I heard that in Kfar Chabad, there's somebody who actually does this, is the halacha is that if a yid makes the keli, then obviously it doesn't need to fill it because it came from a, from a yid. So if you have a yid who can remake the keli in a way that it's broken and then he fixes it, 
then uh, then that's an option as well, and that would. So no, so no, it has to be unusable and then usable. Yeah. Oh really? By the way, you, you know about that Benny Crocker pizza thing? Yeah. So they we got so many complaints that people were calling and saying it doesn't work anymore because they were they totally. So there's a guy that works for Benny Crocker there who's a food guy. And they asked him what's the deal with this and he explained, oh, people are uh, <laughs> they're taking it to be Yeah. Like, and they said, well, how, what's, is there a loophole? He said, if you give 